Welcome everyone to our special World Series Matanzerus Preview. Max, we have made it. I'm Ryan Medeiros, here with Max Tanzer. We got your World Series Preview. Rays, Dodgers, Game 1 tonight starting at 8.11 p.m. Eastern Time. Kershaw Glass now is the matchup. Max, what are our initial thoughts on this Rays-Dodgers World Series matchup? Well, before we break it down, like, I mean, plain and simple, this is going to be such a fun series. Uh, the two number one seeds coming into this postseason, facing off in the World Series, best of seven. Uh, two very unique teams in terms of circumstances. You got the big dogs in the Los Angeles Dodgers, the West Coast Yankees, and you got the Tampa Bay Rays, the small market, small payroll team. It's going to be a really, really fun series. And something to touch on just a little bit before we get into the actual series, the fact that a lot of people were thinking that the 16-team playoff was going to mess with this a little bit, and that there were going to be some upsets. But look, the number one teams were able to make it to the World Series, and it was even more difficult, which really, in my opinion, helps out the case of if there should be an asterisk or not on this, because it just added a little bit more fuel into the fire in that argument. What are your thoughts coming into this one? Well, like you said, it's the matchup of the high-paying West Coast Yankee team, the Dodgers, versus the small market Tampa Bay team. I was listening to Intentional Talk the other day with our boys Chris Rose and Kevin Millar, and they were talking and saying... If you don't think there was some front office phone calls about you let from from owners to front offices talking about, hey, how come we can't make it to the World Series <laughs> and we're spending millions more dollars than the Tampa Bay Rays? You got to give a ton of credit to the Tampa Bay Rays for making it here, and it's going to be an amazing matchup. It just goes to show you that you don't have to spend a ton of money to be really successful in Major League Baseball. No doubt about it. I mean, me as a Mariners fan, just right out there, right in front of my face. The Mariners haven't made the playoffs since I was born in 2001, and all of a sudden you see these Rays teams, second time they've won an American League pennant, making the playoffs multiple times in the last decade or so. Oakland Athletics, same exact story. They've been able to find success through analytics, through uh, unique perspective in the front office where they have a much different approach, and then you're taking on this Los Angeles Dodgers team, which is absolutely loaded in terms of money, and in my opinion, one of the best teams we have seen in the last 20 years or so on paper. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just getting into it right off the bat, we see Clayton Kershaw here who's getting paid how much money, like over $30 million a year versus Tyler Glass now. Obviously, he hasn't got his big payday yet, but I mean, the differentiation in salaries of these two game one starters just exemplifies so well the difference in money in the strategy of these two teams. And let's go on to that pitching matchup, Kershaw versus Glass now. I think it's going to be so exciting. First off, both guys have not been great this postseason. Kershaw does have a 3-3-2 ERA to Glass now's 4-6-6. But both have had a mixed bag of results. Both are 2-1 and one in their records in this postseason. Kershaw notoriously hasn't been fantastic in the postseason. In fact, he's well known for his struggles and, and inability to come through in the postseason. But uh, it should be interesting to see if he can come up big tonight. I think it's a, it's a good matchup. We know how much the Rays lineup struggled in the last series. And if Kershaw can, again, keep them in the ballpark, then I think he can have a relatively good start for the Dodgers and, and start the start them off one one nothing in this series. No doubt. And I, I'm going with Clayton Kershaw in this game 100%. One, you talk about uh, the Rays and they're prone to the long ball, the 
big result mentality. I mean, two-thirds of the runs they scored were courtesy of the long ball back in the last series, and I think almost two-thirds of those were solo home runs. So if the Rays are actually going to succeed in this series, I'm not going to say they're going to have to manufacture runs. They're definitely going to have to stick with that home run approach, but get base runners, put some pressure on, turn those solo home runs into two-run shots, three-run shots. But it's going to be difficult in what's an incredibly vast globe life field over there in Arlington, a brand-new ballpark which with huge dimensions. We'll see if that plays a role at all. Uh, but with Clayton Kershaw tonight, I really like this matchup in his career against the Rays. Uh, really good numbers, just three runs over 14 and one-third of an innings pitched, and one of those starts was last year against a team that still had G-Man Choi, Lau, and so forth in it. Uh, but I also just think Clayton Kershaw is due, and I know I know there's no stats to back that up, but I think we're going to see the Clayton Kershaw we saw in Game 1 of the 2017 World Series, able to put up six, seven innings or so, and really really put the Dodgers in a good position to win this ball game. There is not a guy I'm rooting for more in this entire series. You know, I think a lot of people are rooting for the Rays just because of the quote, quote, underdog in this series. But I want Clayton Kershaw to get his ring so bad. Not a better time. He's pitching in his hometown in Dallas, I believe it is as well. It just, it's perfect for me. Yeah, great comparison. And we talked about this, uh, I'd say about a week ago, is David Price who notoriously struggled in the postseason for his entire career until that 2018 World Series championship with the Boston Red Sox. He was arguably the World Series MVP. I know Steve Pierce ended up getting it, but it was down to him and Price there. I think we could see a similar narrative for Kershaw here. I'd love to see him finally come through. In his career in the Fall Classic, he's 1-2 and two with a 5-4 ERA in 26 and two-thirds innings, so he has struggled a little bit, but that doesn't say anything. It's a clean slate coming into this series, and if he pitches well and proves and shows the success that he's shown in the regular season his entire career, I think it changes the whole narrative on Clayton Kershaw's uh, career, really. No doubt about it, and I've always been a big sayer that the postseason can never hurt you, and I think in a lot of people's perspectives and cases, they do look at Clayton Kershaw's postseason repertoire, or resume, I should say, and do put that against him. I hope he can wipe all that out with a good game one start here and potentially be able to start game five, game seven, whenever they need them. Looking at Glass now a little bit, uh, I was looking at some of the numbers here, and I'm curious to get your thoughts on them just about how he matches up against the Rays here. And there were some interesting numbers that I was taking a look at here. One, The first thing is, is he has a 43% hard hit rate. The Dodgers were first in Major League Baseball with a 44% hard hit rate and a 10.3 barrel percentage. Uh, I think they were actually tied for first with the Braves in that category. And also, Tyler Glass now does strike out a lot of batters, 38.2%, good for 15th in the league out of all qualified pitchers. But the Dodgers are a team that don't strike out as much. Fourth fewest strikeouts out of any major league team offensively this season and also fifth lowest whiff percentage. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays a role in tonight's ballgame. You also mentioned Glass now hasn't been particularly sharp. We'll see how deep he gets in this ballgame, but I do think the Dodgers really have the advantage here in Game 1. Yeah, I mean, the really all you have to look at in this line of begin. I know the Dodgers look so great on paper compared to the Rays, and that's not the race. The Rays don't go with their – they don't have that same elite talent as the Dodgers, so it's a bit unfair to do this. But I just want to point out the top four in the Dodgers lineup tonight is Betts, Seager, Turner, and Muncy going up against the Rays, Diaz, Lau, Arena, and Renfro. And Arena has been one of the best players, if not the best player in this postseason. But just looking at those top four in the lineup, it's going to be a really tough matchup for Glasnow versus Kershaw here. Uh, again, you, like you said, Glasnow – hard hit rate and strikeout rate correlate because the fact of the matter is he throws so hard so he strikes out a ton of guys but also when guys hit that fastball it's going to go a long ways and they're going to hit it very hard it comes in hard it comes off the bat hard so those numbers again do correlate a little bit 
But that makes it dangerous in this matchup. Like you said, the Dodgers do not strike out a lot. So they're going to barrel him up in, at some points in this game. And he's just going to try his best to keep them in the ballpark. And that's uh, where Globe Field comes in huge. Because, because, again, it's such a big ballpark. It might be a little easier for him to keep balls in the park. But, again, the Dodgers, again, just don't strike out a whole lot. So they're going to hit him pretty hard, I would imagine, at some point in this game. It's just going to be a, bat, a matter of... Can, they, can he keep them in the ballpark? Absolutely. And I think, too, just their ability to manufacture runs. I mean, going back to Game 7, one of my favorite AVs in that ball game, and really I think you could argue Will Smith had some of the best at-bats from any player in this entire postseason when you look at the Will Smith-Will Smith matchup in Game 6, I believe that was, and then in Game 7 as well, taking the ball the other way on a ground ball to tie that ball game up. Ended up being a huge at-bat in that ball game. Dodgers, I feel like, have a little bit more of that approach that I think can help them. Now, versus going with the Rays here, I think they hit just about over a smidge over the Mendoza line in the entire American League Championship Series here. And if you take out Randy Rosarena, that's probably at about a buck eighty at this point. So I think, again, and it's just to reiterate here, they don't need to try and shorten up and get base hits right here. That's not their style. You don't change it up if it's gotten you to the World Series, right? But I think they need to get some more pressure working on Clayton Kershaw, maybe draw some more walks. I mean, look at the significance of the Margot home run in Game 2 of the championship series against McCullers. That was a three-run shot. They ended up winning by two runs. The ability to have runners on when you hit the long ball is so important. And I think the narrative that we've seen from the Rays thus far in this postseason is if they out if they out homer their opponents, they win games. That's it's as simple as that. If they don't hit the long ball, then they're basically screwed. To be to say it quite frankly, uh, again they're an all or nothing team, and and their bullpen keeps them in games. Obviously, so if they can get leads coming into the bullpen late in the series and late in games they're going to pretty much win games. That's their whole strategy. The Dodgers are a much more well-rounded team. Again, they're much better at producing runs in other ways. They hit a lot of doubles, they hit singles, they walk, they get on base, and they hit the long ball. They're pretty much good at everything. They're good at pitching also, all facets of the game. So that's where they're dangerous. Uh, again, that's why they look a little bit better on paper. But again, but if the Rays are able to, like we said, out-homer the Dodgers and get to their bullpen with leads, they could be a dangerous team in this postseason, and they could be just as effective against the Dodgers as any other team. No doubt about it, and I think people are sleeping on the Rays because of that. I'll, I won't say my prediction just yet, but I don't think this is going to be a clean sweep in, by any means by any side. I think this is going to be a really competitive series. Something else that I was looking at, Ryan, that I thought was really interesting was the fact that we talk about the Rays bullpen, how tremendous was, how tremendous it has been this entire year, and just in terms of the depth and how much they rely on it, putting them constantly in pressure situations. It's really impressive but um, what they've been able to do, but you mentioned the Dodgers and how well-rounded they are. They were first in Major League Baseball, or excuse to be second in Major League Baseball in bullpen ERA as well this year, 274 ERA. First in terms of pitching and to pitching staffs in total, including starters with a 302. First in whip, uh, second in opponent home runs, first in opponent batting average. The list goes on here. So the Dodgers are such a well rounded team here, and the fact that they have a significantly better offense, even if you do give the Rays the the advantage on that bullpen. I still think the Dodgers are just better fit for this series overall, as they have a plus in every single category. Yeah, absolutely. I think an interesting narrative to look forward in this series, speaking of pitching, is just who do we have lined up? I uh, listened to John Smoltz on High Heat today with Chris Russo talk a little bit about the fact that the Rays, ironically, as the team who implemented the opener, are probably less likely to use an opener in this series than the Los Angeles Dodgers. We might see May open a game. Uh, the big factor in the series, we know 
Kershaw's opening up game one and Bueller's going to be pitching game three. But who starts game two for the Dodgers? They have a lot of options to go there, but the only problem is they used all three potential starters in that game seven to get to the World Series against the Braves. Uh, so it would be interesting. Smoltz actually predicted that Gonsolin would be the starter because he's got a good changeup and the Rays really struggle against changeups. But I'd like to get your thoughts on that. If you were Dave Roberts, who would you go with? Because you could go with anyone from Urias I was gonna to say Urias, May to Gonsolin. Uh, the only problem with Urias, again, is he's he seven, yeah. three innings to close out that game seven. Alex Wood potentially could even open. I know there's some rumblings that he might be the potential game seven opener but he didn't end up pitching there yeah no and I, I think if Urias is rested enough I think that'd be a really fine option right there especially since the Rays have a ton of lefties and actually I shouldn't say that they're they're a big platoon team so I shouldn't say that but Urias was very good in his game seven out and going three innings and I think he could really be a good tone center to open up that ball game especially with how good he's been now versatile he's been as well had a good start I think against the Padres as well in game two if I'm correct of that division series uh, but Gonsolin would make a lot of sense as well just because the matter of fact that I don't think he threw too many pitches uh, in game seven and is a guy that can go deep enough for you and again I, I think the big key in that game too is just to get to the third or fourth inning and then pass it on to that bullpen and I think you know they mentioned on the broadcast in game seven the reason why they opened with Dustin May is because they wanted him to be able to eat up those first three four batters in the Braves lineup so Gonsolin would only have to face them once maybe uh, but that didn't obviously work out so maybe they'll explore the same sort of tactic in that ball game as well but the Rays again don't have quite a, the same threat that the Braves have in that lineup so it may not even be an issue. Yeah, I think it, the opener tactic might even be a little bit more effective for the Dodgers to use against the Rays because the Rays are a platoon yeah. team, like you said. I mean, you look at their lineup tonight. They have Hunter Renfro hitting cleanup, who doesn't normally ever hit cleanup. Uh, I shouldn't say he doesn't normally ever. He never hits cleanup against righties, typically, because he's a left-handed platoon guy. He hits lefties very well. Uh, got a lot of power against lefties. Diaz is leading off. So, hypothetically, obviously, they wouldn't do this tonight but because they have Kershaw pitching. But say uh, the Dodgers start a May Alex go to Wood Urias, to yeah. open up, or, well, yeah, or vice even, versa, or vice versa. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you could see that that might be effective against a team like the Rays. Cash might plan for that also if he sees a guy like May opening because May has been used in one or two winning roles typically this season. Uh, but that'll be an interesting thing to keep an eye out for if Roberts tries to play that matchup game that we saw Aaron Boone unsuccessfully try with Garcia and Happ. It didn't work out too well for him. But I think the Dodgers are well more well-suited to use no a type of pitching strategy like that because they've used that a little bit with their guys before Urias is familiar with coming out of the bullpen, as is May, as is Gonzalez, as is Wood. Potentially, Victor Gonzalez can give you multi-innings. They have Brewster Gratterall even has some experience starting games in the minors. These guys can all give you, they can give you one inning, really good performances with really good stuff, or they can tone down the velocity a little bit and give you lengthier outings. So that makes the Dodgers pitching uh, in their bullpen starters and bullpen guys really dangerous also. Yeah, who would have thought we would have said the youth in this case or, yeah, the youth would be more valuable just because they're so versatile. They haven't had that solidified role like a J.A. Happ who's been doing it for almost 14, 15 years now or so forth. But, yeah, I think that'll be incredibly impactful. And if I'm the Rays right here, that's the big one I'm circling. I, I, that's the one you want to win in that case just because you're not facing a Kershaw or a Bueller. And I think that'll definitely be a big tone center and a big factor if the air in which they can go deep into this series if they can take that game too. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm looking in, and, and the Rays pretty much already have their pitching rotation lined up. They've got Glass now going in Game 1. Snell has been announced as Game 2, hypothetically, for now. 
I would imagine that Morton would go game three because he'll be on full rest. And then game four, I think likely would be Yarborough. They could go with Fleming, but Yarborough has been their fourth best pitcher, really. Uh, and that'll be a game that we could potentially use Curtis or somebody like that as the opener, but they could go with Yarborough. He's got experience again going in both there, but he's your probable game four pitcher unless they decide to give Morton for some reason a little bit more rest and go with him in game four. But I think, again, the Rays have a little bit more of a solidified pitching rotation, so that could give them a little bit of an advantage just because those guys kind of already have an idea of what they're doing. I don't know if Dave Roberts is, I mean, we know how good of a rapport Roberts has with his players. He probably might have already gone through and told them who is starting game two already and already had their then game Then again, though, he didn't make the May decision out. until 1 o'clock, like three hours before that game started. So Well, well see. as but, far as we know, as far as we know anyways. <laughs> but yeah. And he's had a couple days to think about it as well. It's not within 10 hours. So I would imagine he has somewhat of a general idea of it so far. But yeah, no, and I think if you're the Rays right now, you know, don't let that phase you at this point, uh, especially with, you know, I think the days off are going to help them a lot in this series. We talked about the depth and how that's going to help them with no days off. But you could tell at the end of that series against the Astros a little bit here, you know, they started to get a little that fat fatigue started to kick in a little bit here. But now you have the ability to have those days off in between games two and three and then five and six if necessary right here, uh, because the big the big deal here is, is that the Rays don't use their starters as much as the typical team would about five years ago right it's on average four or five innings for most of their starters with Snell Morton and Glass now maybe Glass now can go a little bit deeper but then it's kicking it off to that bullpen here so I think I think Kevin Cash will have a little bit more confidence in his decisions being able to push a guy in a pressure spot a little bit more in this series yeah as he should I mean both managers have should should really have just so much confidence in their bullpens because both of them have been pretty exceptional thus far in the series uh in the postseason rather They've got them to the World Series at this point. All of their arms, I mean, especially for Dave Roberts, again, how huge is it that Kenley Jansen has returned to form as as far as we can see right now in his last couple outings, he's just been so effective after there were concerns that he might be removed from the closer role, which I personally didn't really understand. I mean, Jansen's just got so much experience. I personally would have even taken out Urias in that Game 7 against the Braves and brought him in just because I'm so confident personally in his ability after what pitch in his last two outings uh his stuff has really played up again which has just been huge for the dodgers as for the rays again their back end of their bullpen has just been so effective as we know we don't even have to really reiterate that guys fairbanks castillo anderson anderson struggled a little bit but i think that's, i think he'll be fine he, he'll get yeah he'll get it together for the world series his stuff plays up against really anybody he's one of the best relievers if not the best reliever in all of major league baseball so both managers should be just really confident in their bullpens, as, I, as I'm sure they are. Well, now that we've talked about that and kind of gone into the in-depth side on analysis of the pitching, I kind of want to get your thoughts on some predictions. Is there any players or matchups that you really want to keep an eye out for? I know both teams are loaded up with players that could come up big at any moment. Yeah, for me, the big guy I'm looking for tonight is Cody Bellinger. Obviously, the big swing in Game 7, the big home run for sure. But also, while it's a small sample size, three plate appearances, two at-bats against Tyler Glass now in his career, a walk, and he's two for two. Both those hits a home run. Of course, they were a couple years ago and out of relief with the Pirates here, but I expect Cody Bellinger to keep riding the momentum from Game 7 and continue to see the ball well against Tyler Glass. Now, of course, I'm not predicting he hits another home run here, and if he does, great. But I think he's going to see the ball well and put up some big base hits and good at-bats against him. Yeah, the thing to keep an eye out for with Bellinger is the fact that the he shoulder, did yeah. seem to injure his shoulder after celebrating after that home run 
Well, as he should be. He should be celebrating that home run. It, it was a major moment. It sent them to the World Series, basically. I mean, you could copy the Braves' base running is maybe a more important factor, but the point is that <laughs> Bellinger's go-ahead home run sent the Dodgers to the World Series. So, yeah, that's a great pick there. Uh, it would be interesting to see how he looks swinging tonight. Keep an eye on him swinging. They said they're see taping if he looks it like up. He's so, at full strength. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's something to keep an eye out for. But Bellinger is your pick for a guy to come up big. And uh, you really can't go wrong there. The guy that I'm picking to come up big tonight is the guy who's come up big all throughout the postseason for the Dodgers. And that is Corey Seager batting in the two hole tonight. I expect him to look for something hard, a hard fastball from glass now early on in this ball game, batting second. Uh, and to come up with with something big. I think maybe not a home run, like you said, but I, I feel like he's almost guaranteed for an extra base hit tonight just because of how hot he's been. Uh, it, it seems like kind of an easy pick for me, just how successful Seeker's been in this postseason. But yeah, I got to go with him just because of how successful he's been. You could almost say the same thing for Randy Rosarena, how hot he's been for the Rays. Same type of same type of thing there. Again, Seager with the... 1,124 OPS. His <laughs> OPS is, is, is astronomically above 1,000, which is just ridiculous this postseason. Six home runs, 15 RBIs, 298 average. Come on, Corey, get that average above 300. <laughs> <laughs> but really, I mean, he's just been so clutch for them all postseason. I want to look at Rosarena's stats for a second here. He's been really successful, too. 382, yeah, 7 I mean, bombs, 10 RBIs. Talk, I mean, talk about that. And, and the guy who's just come out of nowhere, what a great story for the Tampa Bay Rays. Yeah, and talk about Corey Seager a little bit here. What a story he is. Obviously, the big injury had him out for an entire season. I think he fell under the radar a little bit. People started to forget about him, but remember, this guy was a top three MVP candidate back, what, in 2016 when Bryant won it? I think he's a guy, if he could stay healthy, of course, that could actually bring that MVP type of performances and campaigns for the Dodgers for years to come. That's exactly what we've seen in this series so far. I think he completely fell under the radar here and was a guy who was in trade talks this offseason. Thank goodness the Dodgers would keep yeah, no, and I have to give credit while we're at it, Seager being underrated. I remember in fantasy baseball, I know we're in the same league. I won't get into too much detail on that. <laughs> that'll be a that'll be a topic for another day. But I remember he felt like the 155th pick in the draft. Some team called the Pops Padres picked him, and I was thinking, wow, man, Corey Seager, I, I don't know about that. But, hey, those Pops Padres ended up winning the fantasy baseball <laughs> championship led by Corey Seager as one of his big hitters. So give a ton of credit to him. But uh, I just thought I had to give him credit there because I remember just thinking, Seager, that's kind of odd. I've, I liked him when he first came up, but again, he had injuries and didn't really seem to ever get it together. And this year, he was fantastic for the Dodgers. Yeah, two guys for me that I'm calling out here. And one of them is the man you called out just a couple of weeks ago for those Tampa Bay Rays. They need Austin Meadows and Brandon Lau to heat up in this World Series right here. And of course, Meadows not in the lineup tonight with the left hander on the mound. But in the postseason combined, they're hitting a buck 14, 10 for 87, just three homers, four RBIs here. They're such a they were such a huge part of their run production back in 2019 when they had the success uh, the year prior. Uh, I want to see them heat up here and start to deliver some big hits and big run opportunities here for the Rays in this series so far. And of course, it's easy to pick those two because they've been struggling so mightily. But again, Meadows coming off the injury. Lau has been, you know, almost you know, not even bringing a bat up to the plate this entire series. Even though I will say he's been creative with some ways getting on base. I love that bunt the other day. Uh, but those two are going to be huge, I think, for the offense and the Rays in this series. Yeah, people forget just how good Austin Meadows was a couple or, or just last year. He had a 922 OPS, 558 slugging, yeah. and 364 on base. 
he hit 33 home runs. I think sometimes people forget that. Obviously, in this postseason, he struggled as two big hits were two solo home runs for the Rays, and, and he came up big there. But again, his average is well below 200. He struggled mightily. Same thing with Brandon Lau. Meadows and Lau are the two players I think if you argued in a full season would be the closest thing the Rays have to maybe elite all-star level players. So yeah, like you said, I think it's easy to point at them and say that those are two guys that they have to count on. For the Dodgers, a guy that struggled a little bit, it's hard to say he struggled really because his Mookie Betts, he's batting 311 in the postseason now that I'm looking at it, but he hasn't hit a home run yet. I think Betts has got to hit only a has home one run in, in this career, World right? Series. Yeah, one in his career in the postseason. He was abysmal with the Red Sox in the in the World Series in 2018. Obviously, he was an MVP that year. He played a major part in them winning 108 games. Uh, but again, in the postseason, he really just didn't show up. His defense has been so, so key for the Dodgers to get in their World Series run. But I think he's got to do a little bit more with the bat in this World Series for them to really have a great shot at beating the Rays. And same thing with uh, Max Muncy. He hasn't been great. He's come up with a key, a couple key extra base hits. A little he's getting on base a lot than, though. He's walked. A yeah, lot. a little, a little different case than Mookie Betts because Muncy's hits have been extra base hits and Betts's hits have been singles, albeit with less hits for Muncy than for Betts. Muncy's struggled quite a bit. He's a guy who's always had a chip on his shoulder in his career, so it'd be nice to see him come through big in this World Series if you're a Dodgers fan. I just looking at the slash line right now in that series. He did hit 227, but a 452 on base. The OPS was still over a thousand at 1043. So if you could just put the bat on the ball a little bit more, continue to put up good at bats. The Dodgers always put up good at bats. I mean, look at those Will Smith at bats and so forth. We talked about already. They don't whiff a lot. They don't strike out a lot. And again, I think that's just a huge part of their success uh, in that category. But yeah, no, definitely, it's going to be fun. I'm calling out Austin Meadows and Brandon Lyle. Let's call out Max, Max Muncy as well. He's my pick to click in Game 7 of the championship series. Came up with a double. Why not, Max? Come on, come up with a big couple hits here. Yeah, as a Red Sox fan, I'm calling out Mookie Betts right now. You came to the big city. You're coming to L.A. you got to come up with a home run. I'm calling it. Mookie Betts has got to a home run in this World Series. I'm thinking it's coming. I don't know when. I'm not, I don't know about Game 1. We'll see. It might come on a... Uh, Game two matchup against a lefty. Betts has struggled against lefties this year, which is a little bit ironic, seeming he raked them the past few years. He's always hit lefties well. So I think he's going to turn that narrative around. He's going to hit a home run off a left-handed pitcher. I don't know if it's going to be Snell. I don't know if it's going to be Yarbrough in game four. I don't know if it's going to be a guy like Sheriff who was just added to the roster. <laughs> but that, that three-batter minimum might come up key for a team like the Rays, and, the, and two teams like the Rays and the Dodgers who both use matchups uh, in, in their strategy. I think that three batter minimum is going to play a big role in this postseason, but we won't get too deep into that because that's something we could talk about for a long time. But yeah, I'm calling Mookie Betts is going to hit a home run off a left-handed pitcher in this World Series. That is my big prediction. You had three picks to click. I have one pick to click. I'm getting really specific. Betts, left-handed pitcher, home run. Okay, let's see it happen. I mean, you got the Rays in seven right, and you had the Bellinger home run at bat late. So the Ryan Medeiros mojo is riding right now, and if you're a Dodgers fan, you have to love hearing that out of his mouth. My pick for this series is the Los Angeles Dodgers in six games. I think the Dodgers are just the better team overall, and I also just think they're due. Look, this is their chance to get the first ring since 1988, uh, and I think they're set up perfectly, uh, and they're coming in hot. And also, I just don't want to sleep on the Rays. I think they're a great team. I think they're very pesky, and they're going to keep this a tight series. I'd love to see it go seven, but I just think it's more realistic to say Dodgers in six. 
Well, I'm going seven games, Max. You you sparked my intrigue here when we had the two game sevens last week. You had no faith in the game seven last week, and look what, guess what? We got two game sevens. I'm having faith in the game seven again. We're getting Dodgers in seven. I have confidence in the Dodgers to come through. They're going to make it close, though. I think the Rays are going to make a comeback late in this series. They've been so resilient all year. I think their bullpen makes them real dangerous late in series. But I think the Dodgers are going to pull through. I think they're finally going to win that World Series that they've been playing for and did not get the whole past decade. I think they're finally going to push themselves over the top. I think the acquisition of Betts is going to be huge for them. They've built this dynasty now, if you want to call it that, because they've been so successful making it to the postseason for so long but haven't been able to crack through. They're going to crack through, but it's going to come down to the wire. It's going to be late in Game 7. They're going to win the series. This is your year, L.A. The Lakers first, Dodgers next. Let's see it happen. Absolutely. We thank you guys so much for joining us. I hope you enjoyed our World Series preview here. From Max Tanzer, I'm Ryan Medeiros. Thank you so much for joining this episode of Matanzerus. Enjoy that World Series coming up.